Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you love the unfiltered rice and wish there was more? Well, now you're in luck. Head on over to Patreon and check out all our tiers for extra episodes, early drops, ad-free episodes, and more. And don't worry, Free Feed, we would never forget you. I love all my listeners. I'll never cut the episodes in half, and I'll never skimp on those as well. But if you want to support us, that's a great way to do it. And we have something in return for you. So come check us out. You won't be disappointed. Have a blessed day. feeling a bit like Alice, tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? You take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Let's go now to our new episode of The Unfiltered Rise with me, Heidi Love. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Unfiltered Rise. And today I'm lucky enough to have Drew from You're Missing the Point. How are you doing today, Drew? I'm great, Heidi. How are you? I'm great. I always love talking to you. It's always fun and we get to talk to you and see what's up down under and like find out all the deets there too, but I know we're not doing anything about geography today, but <laughs> it might have a might have a different thing where you live. Like maybe you guys have some information. We don't, I don't know. I'm interested because uh, you were saying you were recently kind of going down the Nephilim path and I'm always all about that. I've, I've heard some really like wild things on this side. Like I did a big series with a lady that's pretty sure everyone is absolutely like Nephilim blood like most of us and i'm like well we could be i'm more like well it might be it could be i'm more of like analytical about that i don't just jump full into the like it is that is different for me (laughs) and then i've had people that are like this is a story and that's all that 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 is and i'm like oh i don't think that (laughs) (laughs) how do you feel about all that um i've been a pretty unique situation that and I think the rest of the world doesn't see this because, you know, people say Australia and that's Vegemite sandwiches and crocodiles and that's all they really know. Australia has the oldest continuous culture ever recorded that's still alive. We've got wow. a First Nations people that go 
back potentially longer than 65,000 years in this country. So it always baffles me that it's just the the idea of we've grown up in it and I don't know any different that we know about this culture. It's so old. It should probably garner a lot more international research than it does. We constantly hear about North American Indians. We hear about Slavic peoples in Europe. We hear about Indo-Europeans. We hear about people in Africa, people in Latin America, people in Central America. We hear about all these big, heavy research into ancient cultures that may only go back as far as, say, 5,000 to max 10,000 years, but our own culture goes back potentially up to 100,000 years, according to some scholars, but we'll go with the baseline that it is now of 65,000 years. It hasn't had the research that I think it warrants. And even from our own um, anthropologists, it's uh, Aboriginal people were hunter-gatherers and they, their culture didn't really change over time because it didn't need to. And I don't think that's possible for a culture. I don't think it's possible for a culture to stagnate at a level and not improve. I don't think the human mind that works that way. I don't think that our imagination fosters that um, competing competition with other tribes. That would foster some kind of a leap in technology or even spiritual practices. And it's the history that we're told in Australia about our First Nations and that the rest of the world kind of knows, I don't think is quite on track to what it could be. Wow. I did not know all of that. That's wild. I mean, I knew you had the Aboriginal tribes and that they were old, but I didn't know they were that old, you know, that they dated them that far back. That's actually wild. And I mean, there's got to be a component for all of these different things like, okay, the world's this old. No, it's this old. The people are this old. No, it's this. It's just constant confusion. And they, but like you said, like, okay, how come we've got all these studies on completely random things like Cheerios and something this important, right? Like, oh yeah, we, we were busy at the Cheerio factory. Don't come and bother us with your crazy stuff, like about actual population growth, tribes, you know, what's happening, all these things. And they just skipped over that. That's I'm with you. It's odd. Why? Yeah. You know, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, you mentioned at the start that um, when you said Nephilim, some people either all in or that, you know, it's just a story. I'm a person who doesn't throw science out with the baby with the bathwater type of a deal. Mm -hmm. I appreciate science. I think science, when it's used correctly, is perfect. It's the way that we prove our faith and we prove historical events and things that have happened that are mentioned. And it's the idea that we've got science there to back us up, but I don't think the, the Christian or in a lot of cases, even the conspiracy or truth of movement use it to its full potential. There's a big event that, you know, oh, science is bad. You know, science tried to jab the world. Well, yes, bad science did that. But the scientific method, it works. If you can repeat something and prove it, that's just it. It's the closest thing you can get to provable truth. And if you're looking at a a culture that's 65,000 years old, if that's the oldest recorded culture, there should be a lot of, answers to a lot of our questions like where did these people originally yeah where did these people come from um there's a lot of evidence that suggests aboriginal australians actually came from southern india if you look at tribes within southern india they're indistinguishable from first nations people here so much so that there's tribes in western australia that have a shiva dance so if we're seeing a lot of those cross-cultural contaminations or where they originally came from, there's a potentiality that there's the very first 
indications of Nephilim or spiritual rulership over mankind within one of the first recorded cultures in history. And I think that's something that no one's willing to attempt to even scratch the surface on in Australia. Exactly. Well, and I think in general, people don't want to focus on the fact that we may have been another culture slave, like in general for the nations, like everyone, not just a few couple races here and there, humanity being cruel to humanity, but that we might have actually been created for a slavery purpose, possibly, right? Like to be minors. I mean, and I mean, this is the, this is the funny thing though, right? You look at ancient aliens and Heaps of people jump on board with ancient aliens. Oh, and yeah, the aliens built the pyramids in Mesoamerica. They built the pyramids mm-hmm. in Egypt and they manipulated humans into what they're being. I think we've seen that shift now where the Christian community is definitely on board with the idea that the fallen ones kind of set themselves up as quasi gods and went into their own little regions and ruled over their own little kingdoms with human mm-hmm. beings. But when you get to the minutiae of smaller air quotes, cultures, cultures that didn't achieve architecture to the scales of others. They think it's just spiritualism and there's nothing else to it, but you end up seeing a lot of parallels and the parallels that are there are just mind blowing. When you start to talk to, to mob and people that are of country and find out their stories, not just from what the textbooks tell you. Right. There's so many like um, gods that are the same, but different names. There's so many things that are the same, but different stories. Like, it's very similar. So why is that when, you know, you have all these different books, like nobody questions, uh, uh, name some science book, like it is the book, it is the book in every country, it's translated the same, we all get it. But if it goes to biblical things, or like, like anything that's kind of off the rails, they're like, no, 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 that was just translated wrong. I'm like, well, what about all these other books you have? What about how come, how come the Magus is still correct? And it's the Magus and always was Magus, and they don't, you know, go back and forth on the Magus like they do the Bible, right? Or like they do anything else. And there's so many books. They took a ton of books out. And then on top of it, the books that we don't know about, because I am certain that there is a whole bunch of them in the Vatican. I'm like oh, 100%. There'd be yeah. an archive full of them for sure. Definitely. For there's probably sure. books in there written by the Nephilim <laughs> themselves. Yeah. Yep. I think so too. I think that it's all a grand scheme to definitely hide a lot of things. Like, and and why like you said okay the alien agenda they're gonna you know put that on full blast front and center okay we can do this and that's hokey and weird you know but we can't do this other thing or call them demons or call them rulers or call them fallen angels or whatever as soon as you call them a different name no way didn't happen right (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah yeah like And and the flood the flood is everywhere like same thing same story all over like tribal people carving it on caves <laughs> you know it's a it's a collective memory the entire human race has so it tells you that it happened globally or right. worldwide <laughs> if you want to go that right. way right um it's i find it fascinating that people can think that it's just individual cultures that sprung up by themselves yet they had the same collective ideas of what things could be now, if that's true, you'd have to go down the route of collective consciousness and we're all tapped into a primary source. But why can't the primary source for what science deems as, I don't know, universal consciousness or the one idea of source, how is that any different from what a creator God would be? 
or something masquerading as a god. If you're feeding the information to someone in multiple places and you're giving them the same information, of course the cultures will have similar aspects and the same story or the same template will be repeated over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, they, they saw it, they were there or they were told. And so I, I actually believe in my weird conspiratorial mind that that was one of the reasons why they tried to wipe out the Native Americans in, in America, because they wanted that oral tradition stopped. They couldn't stop it like they can a book. They couldn't burn it. They couldn't get rid of it. These people were wrecking their stuff. And it was all at the same time, like we got the world's fairs going on. We got these orphan train babies coming. We've got all this weird stuff happening that everybody's like, ah, we don't know. We don't know. We have no idea why. But then I'm like, okay, but maybe the Native Americans were ones that they couldn't necessarily catch and kill them all, put them all in institutions, do whatever they were doing with all the other people. And that was why there was such an annihilation of you know, they knew. Yeah, it's um. you see what happened within, say, any nation that was colonised by Europeans, what happened to the First Nations peoples. It's people would just say, oh, that's colonialism, that's what bad white man did. But you look at precisely what they did, it's a lot of routing out of spiritualism and the esoteric knowledge of those peoples. You look at what happened with early Americans, uh, Native Americans, when the Americans went out west. It was a lot of Masons. A lot of Masons went out and made contact with these people. Now, what's that idea for? Is it to actually steal the esoteric knowledge, things that they had that they didn't have? I almost look at it as it's not just one group of um, bad guys, air quotes. It's multiple little crime groups, and each Mm -hmm. group wants to get more power than the other. Well, these people have consolidated power in Europe. They've come to the Americas. They've consolidated their power there and they're trying to learn from what the native esoteric people have so they can use it. Same thing happened in Australia. And particularly when you think about the way multiculturalism and um, multiracial coupling is presented, it's pushed really hard. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with multiracial couples. That's It's human beings. That's why you love who you love and that's just the way human beings are. But there's a big push for it. There's a reason behind that in the research I've done is that Blood actually holds power. Mm-hmm. Blood is a life force. It holds a divine spark for, for us. It can also hold the the power of Nephilim bloodlines. We see that within the royals. We see that with the elites. And we see that with... Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I've got a cat. You can see my face, maybe, or your cat's going crazy. <laughs> yeah, yep, I've got a cat going crazy in the background as well at times. So I had a dog yeah. going crazy too a minute ago. Sorry, honey. <laughs> I, he's like, you want your check in the bank? You have to sign it, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, babe. No, he wouldn't say that. <laughs> he's like this <laughs> in the background. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. right. Well, back to that. Yeah, back. Let's take two. So there's power in these bloodlines. If we think that what scripture tells us is true, we know that the fallen ones had children with um, human females. They interbred with mankind, which gave us men of renown. It gave us those demigods, the Hercules, all of these greater than other human beings that walked around and, and performed miracles, right? Now, we know the flood supposedly happened to wipe them out. My theory is that, and you see it through scripture, that the Nephilim simply became the Raphaim. So not all of them were wiped out. He couldn't, God. It's it's impossible. The whole reason why 
the okay the sons of god fell from the heavens when they came here to meet with women why was god even upset about that right why because they don't need to meet with women but why because they don't need a pro progeny right but why because they're everlasting beings exactly so do you really think water's going to take them out we we have thoughts that they used to live in atlantis possibly under the water so i don't really think so you know exactly i'm with you and yeah so, the, so let's just say the flood wiped out majority of their children the, of the nephilim but the angels still remain. The angels linger. Mm -hmm. The ones that weren't physically trapped between, say, the Euphrates or trapped in stone, which you see in a lot of cultures, they were still allowed to linger. So they were allowed to spread out from the Holy Lands and they were popping up little multiple cultures. So that's where we see Mesoamerican Indians, where we see India spring up. We see all these cultures that had multiple gods that of all kinds of descriptions. They appeared. So we have the Raphaim. So these Raphaim, they're continuing their bloodlines through, say, royalty and other powerful people. So how do you either hijack the powers that are in the blood magic of these peoples or wipe them out? Well, you interbreed with them. So if right. you've got your bloodline, uh, say, interbreeding with a a very spiritually strong, say, Native American clan or a Aboriginal mob, by interbreeding with them, you're either diluting their blood magic or adding to your own. Or both. Yeah. It could be these things. Australia had a white Australia policy, which was mostly about immigration, but we also had a policy in which First Nations people were actively trying to be bred out. So mm -hmm. it was called the Stolen Generation. Not only were First Nations people taken away from their families, um, there was a goal of breeding them out. So each Aboriginal person would have to take an Anglo-Australian husband or wife. And over three yeah. or four generations, supposedly those people would be wiped out. That was a government policy. I think that was done for a reason. If you speak to a lot of um, clever fellas, which are like the, the shamans or spiritual leaders of mobs, and you get on a level with them where they can trust you as a white fella and tell you stories, the things that they can do and they can achieve are astounding. The ability mm -hmm. to turn invisible, the ability to walk through worlds, which I would place to physics stepping through multiple dimensions and transporting yourself. They can curse you. They can kill people from one side of the planet to the other. The powers that they have as this culture that's been untapped and untainted is um, it's insurmountable of what they could do. Mm -hmm. So I find it fascinating that Australia, for most of the world, was colonised last. We're a very young country. But the attack on First Nations culture happened very quickly. It's like they tried to get ahead of the curb and try to stop what they could. Well, because disease. they've done it before, right? Yes, right. They, <laughs> they, they, they mastered it in other countries. Yeah. They had they used firearms, they used disease, all the typical things of colonization, for good or bad, it happened. But then there's that spiritual element that history books won't talk about. It's the acquisition of knowledge, acquisition of power, and acquisition of blood. And that's definitely yes. happened here. Well, and blood is is that all of this comes with a price. And I mean, all this child sacrifice that we see, the Aztecs, all these weird things that have been going on, we're not talking about now. It's still, it still is occurring. I am certain of that. But why? Right. Because it all goes back to that is their currency. Their currency is not only blood, but blood of specific things. And, and it's not going to be animals for the most part, unless they can't 
find anything else. Okay. So we're talking humans. I've, I've talked to multiple people that were even in the occult that said, you know, like children's blood, if they're, if they're really innocent, a boy is first, all this different stuff. And it goes in line. This gets back to where their currency is. And it doesn't matter if people, if you don't believe it, that's fine, but they believe it. And that's why we have a problem, whether it's real or whether it's not, they're acting on these things. They're hurting people, taking people's kids, killing people. I mean, it's Epstein's Island was right next to the Bermuda Triangle. Do you know this? Yeah. yeah so, yeah. and he built that big temple there, right? And so, what the hell do they think he was doing? It wasn't just about sex. Come on. You can. No, I think sex is yeah. just the, the method to lure a few people in, but we know sex and blood magic kind of cross over. They a go lot. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when, when you mentioned the idea of, the blood of certain people, you look at what circumcision is. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a feeling that circumcision isn't a covenant with God that the Old Testament tells us it is. I think that was planted within the Old Testament um, because it's I the heard, blood of innocent yeah. young boys, right? And how right. do they how do they stop that blood from letting? They slice the foreskin off yeah. and they suck it out with their mouth. That seems quite yeah. uh, blood magic yeah. and satanic to yeah. me. The interesting thing is... There's a lot of mobs within Australia for First Nations who practice circumcision. And the British were fascinated when they arrived and they saw it happening. So clearly this isn't some just um, Hebrew. It's not practice. just Abrahamic. Yeah, it's not Abrahamic. It's, yeah. it's got to come from something far older than that. Like mm-hmm. How did it get here? It's not like well, there's a whole heap of yeah, synagogues built around Australia. Yeah. And then on top of it, that's what, if you find some of these really weird videos about like superstars and whatever, and I won't mention who, but there's a very famous video of someone talking about this, about how she keeps young and talking about foreskins. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like she said the quiet part out loud. And I posted the video because I'm like, this is gold. Like when everybody was going on about the gold juice, I'm like, this is old news. Like, I know what this is. I know what this is blood. If you look at blood spun down, what rises to the top? The serum. What color is Mm -hmm. it? It's gold. Like, come on, people. You know, and there's certain blood that is they're looking for things, which brings me to the RH factor. It didn't even exist that we know of. Well, it existed, but they didn't have it coined until 19. What is it? 1940. My great grandma had it, who was far older than that, having babies. There was nothing she could do. They didn't even know what was happening. This is why. There's the joke that I'm Nephilim because my grandma was O negative blood, which is part of the golden blood, which it's RH null is the the best one, which they estimate only 50 people in the whole world have that one, like the, the real top of the top. But then how come there's such a precedence of this RH factor that comes to play and guess who it shows up in? White people. Why? What color were the angels? What were they marked for? Why are we trying? Why was Hitler trying to make everybody so damn white? Figure it out, people. This was not this was not like his preference just because he thought it was cute. The angels were white. They came as bright white people. If you look at their me and you are probably screwed, but whatever. It it is what it is, right? We gave our hearts to God. But I mean I have always heard that joke because I have these really hazel green eyes and, you know, my grandma would always joke about it and blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I didn't get that negative at least. I'm not our age factor, but, <laughs> but it makes you wonder, you know, what is going on that this just popped up? Really? That's late in the game. 1940 is not very long ago. No, you know, and you look, if, Yeah. 50% and you look of the population is that now. 
you look at where the Holy Land is situated, you take the Mediterranean, um, the Eastern Steppe, Western Europe, that's the traditional homeland of, air quotes, white people, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if that's where the Holy Land was, uh, the current demographics of the Middle East, are those are a new, newly formed peoples. They've come from other parts of the world and <laughs> settled there. So the majority of people would have been... Um, at very least Mediterranean in appearance, that kind of mm-hmm. Italian, Greek kind of slight tan, good enough to go right. out in the sun, that type of a deal, but essentially still European-esque white people. So it makes sense that those RH negative traits are stronger in those populations because that's where the angels would have landed and descended on Earth first. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing about genetics is I may not be, um, let's just pretend I'm not RH negative, right? I may right. not have RH native blood, but my DNA has the traits for it so that I right. can pass that on and it Just could like trigger me. my yep. progeny, right? Mm-hmm. So my understanding, and this is how I take it, is God and Satan, they're in a constant state of um, to and fro, a game of chess. Satan's trying to prevent all the moves that God already has pre-planned it, planned out. He knew that God was going to send a, a son to earth to save mankind. So what did he try to do? Corrupt the bloodlines. Try and corrupt God's greatest creation. He did that. God's reaction, flood it, try and wipe mm-hmm. the board clean. That didn't work. So Jesus was coming anyway. His saviour was coming. But I think the saviour was coming for a very particular sin. I think all of humanity has some percentage of fallen okay. DNA. I don't so, think that, that could have been stopped. <laughs> so not only did he die for our sin, he died for the sin of what man became. I think it actually came with some of Noah's um, sons' wives. Blood ones. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so we, we always talk about how Noah's DNA was perfect and that that's great. And they did keep that line. But, like, you have to look at all of it, right? You have to look at what, what about the wives. But I think back then the knowledge wasn't as strong in the female genetic play, right? We, we always hear even go back to Crowley. Like, it's all about the male. It's all about the divine masculine, not the feminine, right? So we go back to this stuff and and you're like, okay, how come how come these certain things line up? And then, like you said, you know, okay, the natural type of person from that area is brown, you know, brownish. And I always tell my daughter, like, Jesus is definitely brown, bro. Like, I mean, he's a spirit now and it doesn't even matter. But like when he came here to the world, he was brown because I don't like her to see these pictures that are this blonde haired, blue eyed Jesus. And I'm like, I, I, I probably don't think so because if he were, they would have mentioned it because what happened with Moses. They put that all over the Bible, how white he was and how come, you know, like they were very concerned. They were very concerned. And so I'm like, okay, well, how come that, or was that Noah? Moses? Noah. Mm, Which one was really white? Do you remember? Uh, I believe it was supposed to be uh, Noah. 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 Very white. Yep. Sorry. I got that mixed up. So he wouldn't have blended well with the Egyptians. Sorry on that one. (laughs) See, okay. this, this, this is the thing, though. I don't think a lot of these ancient cultures were as we see them today, though. Um, mm-hmm. I think Jesus, I don't, wouldn't say he was Aryan white, like he's depicted right. as one of I think like, he's like a, a brown. Like yeah. I think he was, um, he was European, like but yeah, darker like European, yeah. yeah. Um, even what you'd see some of the <laughs> ancient Persians. They were still very Caucasoid in appearance, just tanned up. They could tolerate mm-hmm. the sun a bit more. Like brown, yeah. Yeah. 
It wasn't yeah. like you hear a lot of um the black Israelites like everyone was African. I'm like oh, yeah, I don't believe that's a, you know. that. That's a very strong genetic trait that doesn't breed yes. out over successive it, generations. And, the, and it, it pops strong up. Traits. Yeah, it yeah, does. You Just could be bang, two it. white parents that have like that in their progeny, and you can have a fully black baby later and go yeah. like, whoa. And my friend was actually black, but he came out so white with like blue eyes, but his parents were both very like black people. And it actually caused the divorce of his parents because his dad was like, this white baby is not mine. Like it's got blue eyes. And it was, you know, and that's how genetics work. Like one day you just get, if you keep having enough of them, you're going to get something odd. And the thing, while I think that Jesus must have blended well, because in the Bible, it says he was nothing to look at. He was the same as other men. So I'm like, okay, that tells you right there that he wasn't a Noah you know, where it says all over, oh my gosh, what happened to Noah? He's super weird and white. Like what happened to him? And I'm assuming he was albino, you know, like possibly because it was so stark. They made so many comments about it that I'm like, this couldn't have just been a blonde guy. Like this had to be like a, a really and, absurd thing. Yeah. And many cultures who are dark skinned people, they revere albinism as some kind <laughs> yes. of magical power. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that Jesus um, was a brown skinned person. He gets tanned. That's just the way he blended with it, the current people of the time. It's interesting when you look at the the demographics and the racial profiles of people of North Africa and the Middle East, the Moors. People instantly think of the Moors as being African in appearance, that North African, Sub Saharan African appearance. They were actually Berbers. They don't look no, like, they the, don't look that. Yeah, to me, Moors, they have freckles and they have yeah. different facial and features. Th and that comes from the Berbers. The Berbers were white, red haired. Muslims. You mm. see that in the step in China, the mummies that they found in the pyramids of China. They are redheads. They were found with tartan mm. pants. So at very least, the leaders of a lot of these cultures that have now become um, Middle Eastern appearance or North African appearance, at very least, the leaders of their nations were, were something, something. To be yeah. light skinned people. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it was relatable to power because like you said, how they revere albinism, it's because they know that the angels, and this isn't racial, this is just, we're just laying this out as biblical and geographical, like this is how it is, you know, I mean, when they saw the angels, it always describes them as really white. So I'm assuming that they may think, oh, that person might be more angelic or whatever, you know, if yeah. they don't know anything about the Bible, it's probably just startling. I mean, th I mean, this, that could be part of it, this, you know. This, this is a controversial take that some people might construe as racist. Now, it says God had a chosen people. Now, people say mm -hmm. the chosen people, the Jews. But the word but the Jews Jew, aren't even the Jews. Yeah, yeah. Anymore. The word Jews only popped up um like in the word the year six hundred or something like that. Prior to that was mm -hmm. Hebrews. Right. So I, I have a feeling that Europeans, the light skinned people, they are God's chosen people. But then you have to go into a well, how could white people from the bloodline of Noah, how could it create all these different races? Well, the human race based on science is a bit of a mongrel breed. Every mm -hmm. single race on our planet. Uh, is a combination of previous hominid peoples. Now, we know that only God can create. And Lucifer, he can manipulate, manipulate tweak, yeah. and change the things that currently exist. So what would you do uh, if you were trying to play off against God? God had his chosen people, say the Europeans or the lighter-skinned people, 
and you're like, all right, I'm going to try and corrupt their bloodlines. All right, I've done that. He's done a flood. Well, what do I do? I can't keep going to God's chosen people. I need my own people. Oh, what's this? I've got a Neanderthal oh. over here. I've got a Denosovan over here. I've got a Homo florensis over in um, Southeast Asia. I've got all these prototype humans that maybe God created first, practicing to make his perfect creation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to add a little bit of my special source to each of these groups. And is that where the different races sprung mm-hmm. out of? Because the racial differences are amazing. So much oh. so that I don't think it's um, it could be done out of evolution over such a short period of time. The racial differences, I believe, come from those original hominid peoples. So modern day man, our DNA was mixed with theirs, whether that's interbreeding on a scientific method or they were forcefully mixed through someone who right. can only change, not create. Right. Or or constant manipulation because, I mean, I think the the bloodline families that know, the bloodline families that know about this, like um, the ones that like made the Brotherhood of the Snake and all, all these like royalty people and all these different brotherhoods and to like kind of guard these secrets, like what, but why? Like, what are they guarding so much? You know, why do they all interbreed so much? Why was Egypt like that? They know at some point they've like figured it out. Like, mm, if we keep interbreeding, the kids get really crazy looking and it's not a good thing. And they're not meant to, they, they end up in like mental asylums and whatever. So maybe this is bad. This is a bad plan. They get, you know, hemophilia, all this other stuff going on. So at some point they know, but they, what do they do? They still continue. They still continue no matter what. And even when they do bring in someone new, let's take example like Princess Diana. We'll just pretend because this is just pretend, right? But if if they bring someone in, even she was distantly related. They still never go completely out. Actually, Meghan Markle, she's still distantly related. You can trace this stuff. Like they assume just because she's black that she's not related. Like get real people. Like really? Yeah, it's silly. And this is the distantly related thing's quite interesting because you look at the United Kingdom, the United Kingdom, for, for the better or worse, colonized the world. United Kingdom mm-hmm. is responsible for the United States, Canada, New Zealand, Australia. Most of the Western world is all responsible from England. 80 plus percent, I think it's like 85, can't, I'll have to confirm that, 85 or 83% of all Brits, so native Britons, white people, have some kind of connection to royalty. Now, mm-hmm. if they have that in Britain, that connection, what do Americans, Australians, Canadians, New Zealanders all have connection to that? So that tells me that's a reinforcement where we all have that bloodline within us. Yes. If we have connection to royals. Yeah. Well, and then on top of it, you want to bring in, okay, the myth- mythology, which, by the way, is called history in other countries. <laughs> I've been to the Pantheon. It is something. Like, when you go to these places also, there's, like, a different feeling. But what were they doing when you start this DNA craze, right? The D- they figure this out and then they're looking for something, right? I feel like they were looking for things because you get into the gene of Isis, like Genesis, like that's so obvious, like, come on. Then you get into the God gene, you get into all these genes that they want to say that's completely crazy. Like th- those are not real, like real, real things. I mean, the God gene, they will admit to, but the gene of Isis, they, they don't even really then there's very few things that you can even find on that. 
And I'm like, okay, so you, you guys got this craze and had everybody for the last at least three years that I know of, maybe five, get into, oh, you want to get your ancestry done, ancestry.com, blah, blah, blah. It's huge in Utah. I don't think you could find a person under over the age of 22 that hasn't had it done hardly here because why mormons are obsessed with it they're obsessed with genealogy they're a big part of that you know and and i have my thinkings on why because of who they worship and it isn't jesus so and, i i think they spread that you know and, and what nation state heavily regulates gene history tracking and finding out who your ancestors were and your genetic makeup Israel. Israel oh, has a Israel. very um, 23andMe, Ancestry.com. That's heavily oh, regulated know. within Israel, but they have their own version of it. It's oh. um, it's Jewish Ancestry or something really dumb like, like Jew and me. Off. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really on the, nose, on the nose. Right? Oh. <laughs> but That's they, terrible. Do it, they deliberately have this test, right? Mm at Jewish dating sites or groups. You go up for oh, a dating group and you wow. have to test yourself to show if you're a Jew or not. Right. But the tests you can't access if you're a non-Jew. You can't get it through disclosure programs at all because, wow, like we said, the modern-day Jews are not the Hebrews of no. the Testament. But not the Ashkenazi. Yeah, no, no, that's what yeah. the majority are. It's the Sephardi People Jews. get really upset if you yeah. say that. It's, there's a big schism between Jews current Judaism between the Sephardic Jews and the Ashkenazis mm -hmm. because one's an ethnic Jew and one is not. Now, right. why are they, why are they, why are they trying to hide the non-ethnic side? Because Jews are supposed to be an ethnic and a religious group. Well, if you're right. only the religious group side of it, who are your people? Yeah. And what's you're your history of that? Right. Yeah. Or whatever you are, you could be whatever. Yeah. You're not just because you become Jewish doesn't mean like, if I want to go say I'm African, I'm not, if I move to Africa, I might be African, but I'm not an African that was raised there. Like I'm not, I'm not one of their original nations. Like, let's be real. You know, you can say that, but like everybody knows you're not really that like, come on. And, and they, they have the ability to hide because it does blend. Like if it was Africa, we would know. Right. Cause like you said, it's a strong genetic component, but like there's, I, I mean, so brown is pretty dang common. My mom is exactly what you described. And I am the whitest person on the earth. I think I'm whiter than my husband. And he is a ginger. <laughs> He's got like at least he I can tan, but but I'm super white naturally. And he has like a little bit of an always tan. He, he's a little bit darker than me. And I'm like, what in the hell happened with me? Because my parents both have dark hair. My dad had black hair brown eyes, both of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure when I came out, they were just like, whoa, well, um, well <laughs> thank heavens I look kind of like my dad. <laughs> but I'm sure they were wondering because I didn't have as light of hair as I do, but I still have blonde hair. I have dark blonde hair and green eyes and I'm this color. And if people saw my brother, he, he when he was alive, he looked Samoan. I mean, he's big, giant, brown guy. <laughs> and people see my mom and they're like, really and then i have an, a natural attraction to redheads so all my kids are even extra white even my brunette is almost she's one shade lighter on makeup than i am which is almost impossible to find so i'm like this is yeah i mean so what happens there you know obviously they've done something where this is just popping up recessively now and then and i'm like you i'm very into science still i when i look at this stuff i think science 
explains a lot of things still. I still go to doctors. I'm a nurse. Like you're never going to outbreathe that of me. You know, like people say, oh, well, you should do this and this if you get sick. I, I also do the other things. I also believe in more natural things now, but but I still got, I'm still going to go to the doctor. Like if I get sick, right. I mean, yeah. after so here's the, point, here's the yeah. scientific explanation or one of the theories on why white people look the way they do. We, we went out of Africa, supposedly into Europe. Europe is cold. We constantly had yeah. to be covered up that forced our skin for whatever reason to have less melanin because we weren't as exposed to the sun as much. Our nose supposedly became narrower because of the cold air. But then they have this exact same explanation for why Asians look the way they do. The Asian people developed on the step where it was very cold. The snow reflected the sun onto their skin, causing them to tan. The sun was so bright, their eyes were forced to become <laughs> like this. So this. It's so racist, right? But this is the scientific it's so theory. Ridiculous, yes. But it's the, it's the exact same argument for why white people developed the complete opposite. Yeah. Then you look and at that, the, the idea for why. Neanderthals supposedly had a big, broad nose. Mm. They needed a big, broad nose because they were running around in the cold of Europe and need to get more oxygen. So if you needed more oxygen, why is ours narrow and small in comparison to other people's? The arguments they use or the theories they use for one racial group and they apply it to another and it's a complete opposite outcome. Yeah, that's so weird. And, I mean, if you look at it from what what our standpoint is, okay, we're still using science. We're not throwing it all out. But if you add the Bible in, what do we know? Noah was super white, but his kids probably were that mixture just like me. I had a bunch of blonde-headed kids, but I have a kid that is dark with brown eyes. I also produced a child. Like, it was kind of funny. Like, I was the opposite weird adopted. My brother was like, you're adopted all the time. (laughs) And thank God I look like my family because I probably would have believed it. Um, but he was like, you're adopted, you're adopted. Cause nobody looks like me. None of them. They're, they're like, my history is like British and Scottish and stuff like that. But so I'm the white part of it. Well, then I have all these white kids, but now I have one dark one. So you just never know when that's going to pop right back up. And, and you throw into that humans selectively breed ourselves. We're attracted yes. to certain traits and whatever the culture deems attractive at the time, that's what's promoted in the gene pool. We saw yep. like. We, we take the example was the, the fallen ones finding human women attractive and they just took them. Look what happened throughout warfare throughout history. You have the Turkish Huns. The Turkish Huns absolutely loved blonde and redheaded women. So on mm. their raids into Europe, they would take home blonde and redheaded women. That's why we see recessive redheaded and blonde genes within oh. the Turkish people. We see that within the steppe people of uh, Mongolia. You see a lot of red-headed Mongolians. They are still Asian in appearance, but they have a red tinge to them. So whatever they would we deem as attractive. Latin people, yes, they exactly. get, my son's very attracted to, and I think it's that natural thing that you like the opposite of yourself mm-hmm. usually. So my son is very blonde, blue eyes. I mean, he just looks like, yeah, he looks like me, except for he's a boy. And, <laughs> and I have green eyes, but... And so he likes Latina women. He loves that. I'm a certain she, I will have a Latina daughter-in-law someday or something like that. I tell I whatever somebody darker. Okay. And I, he always says, don't look to me for your ginger grandbabies. Cause I can't make a ginger. I tried. And so <laughs> it's a big joke. Whoever gives me the first ginger, I'm going to be like so excited. Cause you know, <laughs> I, I do, I love them. And so he's like, don't look at me. Cause I like Latin girls. And I'm like, uh, they still have redheaded babies all the time. I've seen it. It's a darker red, but it's red. 
I mean, you can tell. And it's funny. No, no. <laughs> you say that you say the same thing in Australia. Australia is still on its whole very white and the ethnic air quote groups that came in with the Greeks and the Italians, still Europeans, slightly more tanned, but you see the same thing. You see the Italian and Greek boys go for blonde haired girls and you see the Aussie boys go for the darker tanned Greek mm -hmm. and Italian girls. And then you get yep. these mixed um, generational families where you'll get a random Greek that's bright red hair <laughs> or a blonde <laughs> Italian, which they, they exist, but it's not <laughs> yeah. the, it's not the very dark Mediterranean um, Italians that were kind of pushed mm -hmm. through cinema. Yeah. Yep. And then on top of it, we have to go back to, at least for America, I don't know about as a whole everywhere, but I'm sure they would have done this a different way. They just hit it in another way for you guys. And maybe you can tell me like for you guys, but like the orphan trains, I am sorry. I am calling the biggest amount of bullshit. They made some kids. I am almost certain that they did genetic manipulation, trying to outbreed that giantism, like trying to make it more to fit in, like we talked about, and they didn't know what to do with all these kids. And I swear that they've done it in the Catholic religion. And here's why I think so, because they have all those dead baby cemeteries. And I think they're the, the experiments that didn't go like, oops, that one has a alien head <laughs> like that that one don't keep that one you know and and it's weird because they even say some of them like their skulls will be smashed and stuff and i'm like that's really like that's so strange and it's not like a little bit of kids when people say oh the orphan trains yeah it's because their parents died i'm like mm, do you know how many kids it was because a quarter million children that are all white no native no black no nothing else only white children that the freemasons are running this all of a sudden are just everywhere and now it's in every movie like oh i remember watching movies as a kid and the farm boy was there who the hell's the farm boy where'd the farm boy come from right like now i see it and i'm like oh my the farm boy <laughs> but you know and then they mate and get married and all the things and now they completely integrated our society and look it's it's the whitening of america i truly believe that because at the same time they were killing the natives you at, know at, at bare minimum it was child trafficking from europe so they could replace the native populations some of that too bare for minimum. Sure. Um, yeah. australia this is this is interesting i've never really come across the offer train idea in australia australia even up until right before federation we still had convicts we had right. the whole the whole Irish slave working class come here. We had the convict system that was in in full swing for a long time. So we never got that cultural population boom like the Americas did because you were still under the yoke of the crown, right? A lot of people yeah. went to America because it was free. That was the idea. That's why so many European countries went there. Australia was still very Anglo-Celtics um, in its demographics, and a lot of that was through slave labour of either um the irish that were brought here or convicts in itself the orphan train things an interesting one but i don't see a lot of it besides the world's fair in australia that's it's such a weird concept and then on top of it like right at right as that's happening with the world's fair they've got all these preemie babies where are their mothers like mm -hmm. um and this was over 8,000 kids that he himself saved that doctor he was a doctor cooney i think it something like that. I can't remember. But anyway, he he was the one responsible for it. He wasn't even a physician. And now we've got all these orphanages and we've got all these orphan kids and we can't take care of them all. And we're sticking them all everywhere and we're shipping them off on trains and we don't even know what to do with them. But let's save every baby 
that makes it out of the womb early. Like, let's not just let natural selection happen and move on with our lives because, you know, there's too many kids already, right? There's all these kids they don't know what to do with, but we're saving more. That doesn't even make any sense. Like you don't save the runt of the litter if there's that many, like you just don't. And so it kind of makes, and I'm glad they learned it because it's wonderful technology for now, but I think there was more going on there. And then well, all these wet nurses that went with them. Like that's weird. The, the orphan trains, the, the whole thing of orphanages that sprung up and they were everywhere, they coincided with the asylums. Yeah. So yeah. who were they filling these asylums with? These are the people that saw what was going on and were voicing their concerns against mm -hmm. it. Why the hell are you growing babies in tubes? Like yeah. back then, if this was yeah. the case, how do you stop that from being recorded in history? That person's crazy, lock them up. Give yeah. that person a lobotomy. Because lots of people were in asylums at the exact same time as this was going on. So is that just covering yeah. up the the anti-vaxxers of the day, air quote? Or the right. That's how I feel. I, I feel know. like it was that. Yes, I feel like we'd all be screwed. I feel like all of us. Better well, like, you, you know, if they start uh, building asylums again, we're all in trouble. Because <laughs> that's where oh. they put us. Well, and I, I mean, there's rumors all the time about not asylums, but uh, those camps, you know. Wellness camps. Yeah. Yeah, we've got and like I, five in our country. Like, oh, my gosh, this is terrifying. Like, what is happening here? You know, but you kind of think like, okay, is this, you know, the reset situation? Then you mentioned like, okay, before that, the whole thing about Great Britain trying to settle everywhere. And whose idea was that? It wasn't a Christian's. It was an occultist's. It was John Dee's. It came from him. And where did he get his information from? He had a direct telephone to the angels. They were fallen angels. They weren't good ones because I'm certain they weren't because of the, some of the stuff they had them do. There's just no way, you know, wife swapping, all this other stuff. Like, come on. They weren't the good ones. And I think he was actually an innocent Christian to a point, And then it all became like he basically sold his soul for knowledge at some point because at some point he knew. I don't think he knew at first, but then at some point, I think he was like, I mean, obviously when he had the wife swapping thing happen, he had to know something wasn't right. I mean, they weren't nice. Those angels were cruel and, and he suffered. He never amounted to anything really in his regular life. He had a very similar life to Job. It was kind of sad. Like almost all his kids died and plague and all this crazy stuff. And I get it. But like, also he lived for a really long time back then. And that's weird. I'm like, all right. I mean, I think these ideas that spread out came from the same source that runs them. And then they just gave certain ones. Like, why do you hear more about Quetzalcoatl like in uh, over in the Aztec area? And you hear more about like Zeus and stuff in Italy. Like they, they gave certain people kind of dominion over certain things and not people, but certain angels <laughs> dominion over certain people. And I just think that it's, it makes a lot of sense if you really break it down, you know, and then you get into like, do they take over bodies? Do they, you know, cause you see some of these Hollywood people. I mean, you see that video ever of Meghan Markle where she is clearly not home. Like she is checked out and it is terrifying and her eyes are all black. And I'm like, that looks like more than just drugs. I seen a lot of people on drugs. I'm a and nurse. Who, who did Meghan Markle marry? Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, the ginger. And well, it, and it's weird. It's the royal family. The royal family in itself, people will go, oh, yeah, they're esoteric, they're lizard people, blah, blah, blah. But there's one that stands out for me that 
has a lot of occultic type of symbolism and references going on. And that's Elizabeth the First, mm-hmm. who we know as Henry VIII's daughter. She was a redhead. And she John killed, was her favorite. <laughs> yeah. She killed she killed her sister, Mary Queen of Scots, to mm-hmm. take the throne. At, at one point in her reign, she called herself the born again virgin, and she made herself mm-hmm. very white with bright red lips. So there's a lot of Nephilim symbolism there. She almost looked like a clown. Bright red mm-hmm. hair, big puffy hair, white face, red balding, like she had the path holding thing, right? Yeah, it was so strange. And I'm apparently like, she she terrifying. bled from she bled from the lips a lot during her oh. she had a health nail. That's why she would cover it up with red lipstick because blood oh. would constantly come from it. But what did yeah. she do? She consolidated power from the for the Tudors, for that family line. Mm-hmm. And from her, you got um other queens like Queen Victoria, who essentially conquered the world, yeah. helped set up those colonies. So we see that move away from kings into a matriarchy, which we end yeah. up seeing in a lot of occultic First Nations types of cultures. It's the female that has the power, that has the control. And as soon as we had two prominent queens within the Anglosphere, they did the most damage. It's almost mm-hmm. like they had the majority of power running through their veins and what their previous fathers and grandfathers did. Well, and they weren't typical. Like, I get it that they're raised a different way, but, like, Queen Elizabeth, I mean, the way she was even with her husband, the way she was with their kids, like, it's all very weird and stoic and strange. And I get that that's how, I mean, I know she was raised a certain kind of way, but also it makes you go back to, okay, part of the Nephilim stuff here, if you want to get into, like, the personality you you get psychopathy a lot of times right you get these people that don't have like normal like you're like wait a minute the like that's your kid why would you leave your baby at the orphan there's no human whatever connection. yeah like it's it's not yeah and it's not the same it's more reptilian which is why they get called reptile right like joke but i mean and i do think there's different kinds you know i think what they were messing with they messed with in between themselves as well you know making what who knows what kind of technology they have i know this the fallen technology that we have today that makes our phones work that makes bluetooth happen the makeup i put on today so i can have eyebrows um (laughs) these little things right they were junk they're like junk magic to them it's like the least of the things and to us it's amazing right and so yeah, the the yeah. small thing of GMO foods today, like they add scorpion DNA to tomatoes to make them less susceptible to bloat flies and other things like that. Well, that small thing we have today, we've cloned mm-hmm. sheep. What could they have potentially had if they if they were they direct from sheep. the source? They've yeah. got God's knowledge to a certain extent. Well, if I'm a uh, a fallen one and I'm propping up my son and the film to be a king of a ruling people, and I want him to have some backbones and power, some authority. I'm going to give him a three-headed dog that's got right. a snake for a tail. I'm going to give him uh, griffins to fly around, and I'm going to build dragons. I'm going to create all sorts of monstrous creatures to scare the shit out of his populace yeah. to keep him in power as either A, the saviour, or the tyrant. Well, and You would get bored. Cast- you would get, yeah, if you had all castle. this knowledge, you would get bored. You would get bored yeah. if you're an all-powerful being. Humans mean nothing to you. You know what? I'm just going to combine a crab and a buffalo just to see what <laughs> Buffalo, a crab a pole. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, my mom always says things because my mom is a very um, 
I'm really analytical, but my mom has a lot of emotions, you know, like, I, I mean, I'm, I, I have emotions, but I'm not like a girl emotions. I'm more, if I had to explain myself, I'm more like a guy emotion. Um, but I think it's just compartmentalization from being a nurse. So you have to be able to react to certain things and not freak out and then you fall apart later. Right. So anyway, she always tells me, but why would they do that? But what do you mean? Why would they want to kill everyone? And I'm like, mom, like, do you really think about the ants in your house when you kill them in the summer? Like, you don't think about their family. You don't think about their babies. You know, you just don't want the ants in your house anymore. Well, we're the ants in their house, you know, and she just has the hardest time because she runs on a lot of emotion. And I'm like, you know, it's not like that. It, they don't think of us like that. We were just here in their way. Like they made it very clear they never wanted to bow to us, right? Like they were very specific about that. That's part of the whole reason why a lot of them left, you know? And I told her, I said, you just have to open your eyes and think of it differently. You know, like they 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 definitely hear among us, if not in us, which I think it's both. I just think some people are literally hybrid, you know, and they've they've all these genetic tests, they want to joke and say, oh, it's because they made one of you in China. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. I think they were looking for something and some of us have it and some of us don't. Like, do you know, like a whole bunch of the population has no inner monologue? Like when I found that out, I was like, what? Because I talk to myself all the time. Yeah, so do I. Does that make me schizophrenic <laughs> because I talk to myself on the way to work each day? Yeah. Like I was like, oh my gosh. And then I pray so much. And I'm like that whole God gene, like I'm constantly in prayer in my mind or whatever. I'm like, what? People don't do this. Like when I found that out and it's a large percentage of people, it's like, it's like, I think 30% or something like that. It's a wild number. And I, I was, I was like, there's no way. And yeah, it's normal for very, a lot of people don't do that. So I think, I think they found a lot of these things and they're like, oh, okay, you know, this gene marker, this gene marker, oh, they say some things are junk DNA. No, nothing's junk. This is the shit they don't want to explain. Excuse my language. It's, but that's it's either true. there for a reason or it's been placed there as a result of tinkering. It's funny how you mentioned that the, um, they didn't want to bow to us. And a lot of people who aren't of the faith wonder why, well, if God created the angels, why would some of them not want to do what he says? And I, I put it in the, the analysis of think about you're an employee. You've been working really hard on this big project. You've built this amazing thing with your, your overseer, your boss. And then he lets a bunch of um, dumb knuckle draggers walk in and take over. <laughs> Right. It's and like, you're like, they're dis what? It was disgruntled employees. You gave us powers. <laughs> you made us eternal. You made us almost like you, but you're deciding to give the earth to these monkeys. That's what yes. made and, them angry. And, and that's the logical thing. Second. I can understand why. I was born first. I was yeah. born first. Like, it's yeah. your sibling. Like, they're the sons of renown. Like, what? You're going to let me, this beautiful, because they say Lucifer was a sight to see mm -hmm. that he was beautiful and I believe it. And he's like, you want me to bow to that thing that you made out of dirt? No, I'm not bound to the dirt. Like I helped make the dirt. No, I'm it not makes Lucifer sound like a sassy 16 year old girl that yeah. doesn't like the new kid on the block in the family. Doesn't it? Yeah. It's mean girls all over again. <laughs> <laughs> mean angels. I'm like, what? I get it. But like, also not a good idea. You know, I mean, we, we get all the, repercussions of all this but i do think they very much are looking for specific things 
And I don't think it's going to matter if you didn't do a DNA test or not. You're not safe. Like, let's be real. No, like the, no. The, and, they know and, things. And I think the horror that science fiction kind of pre-tells us and puts out into the lexicon so we can discuss it and know about it before it happens is that there might be something special in DNA, the divine spark, or even some of this Nephilim DNA that gives them abilities and powers. Eventually, they're going to be able to recreate a synthetic version of that. And I think that's where we get the idea of super soldiers from. And they're just trying to look for what gave the Nephilim the fallen these powers, these powers of the men of renown, and how do we weaponize that? Because mm-hmm. there's no doubt in my mind that there's people that have no belief in faith whatsoever, but they believe in the genetics and the DNA of things. Maybe they just believe people in the past had greater abilities and they want to harness that. There's oh, a really concerning yeah. thing that happened during COVID that there's a a lab in Australia that was playing around with DNA that was contracted out to an American's weapons manufacturer that was in the work of developing super soldiers. Ooh. Not super soldiers as in harnessed systems that right. and things that couldn't DNA. increase their strength. It was DNA-based. Oh, my God. How do we make super soldiers who cannot feel anything? Ugh. Give them and then, and then they want to be like um, a normal person and go out into the world and, you know, have babies and, uh, yeah, and all these but, things. Yeah. But as soon as this came out that this group was working in Australia, which country got hit really hard with lockdowns and was shut down very quickly? Oh, oh wow. I didn't think of that. Huh. Maybe. I'll have to, I would, I'm going to have to look that up. That's wild because I didn't know about that. And I mean, they do tell us things. They've been telling us things for years upon years upon years, right? And in, including, you, you mentioned the sheep. I don't know if you know about Clonade. Have you looked into Clonade a lot? They said they did this. I watched, this is crazy because it was actually Australian 60 Minutes that I saw this on. But it was a 2003 press conference on CNN first where the lady came out that runs it with that weird real whatever with I don't know his first name, but it's real at the last one. And so like real spelled like real. And they said, oh, we successfully cloned a girl. They named her Eve. And so that happened in 2003. And then I saw this 60 minutes in Australia and it was like 2016 or 15. And they're like, oh, we just cloned the first, we're going to clone the first human. And I'm like, wait, I've seen this before. Like, that's why I went backward. I was like, wait, I've seen this lady before. Like, and so I searched her name and that article, that thing came up and I'm like, I saw this a long time ago. And they said they already did it. And they said she lives in the middle East. And I believe it. They, they've done this. They, I think they've been doing it. I think it's been going on for a long time, which I mean, that's more of a direct instead of like a contamination, right? Like, yeah, like an accidental. That's- that's engineering something instead of it just happening naturally through procreation and just tracing down family lines. And so that's it, a big con- concentrated dose, you know. It is, yeah. Whatever. It's, well, that's kind of the idea of um, have you seen there's a film that came out recently. Oh, it's just, it escapes me. I'm really, really sorry. It's Essentially, it's a film about a satanic group stealing the Shroud of Turin. They oh. take jesus dna and they create a clone and they need a human clone with god's essence to be a vessel for the devil to release him from hell oh wow and this group these elites they get all their money by cloning 
um, famous world people like Michelangelo, um, Da Vinci, they take their DNA and they make perfect clones for their wealthy and the elite. At the start of it, there's an eight-year-old boy and he's playing Mozart's symphony perfectly and it's Mozart's clone and this family paid 25 billion euro for this child. Wow. And this, this group that has that as a front, air quotes, for the shady elites, they're the ones that clone a Jesus vessel for the Antichrist. I wouldn't doubt it. It makes you nervous. Like you hear about all these things and then like there's a famous rapper that came out and said he is one. He is a clone. He had like a shirt and everything. He was trying to show it. I don't something boo something. But it was really weird. And I, I mean, he like completely says he's like a third or fourth generation clone. And is that why they don't age? Is that why they're not afraid of death? Is that why they don't care? Like at some level, you have to kind of wonder like, is yeah. this what's going on, you know? And pe- people think it's a science fiction idea of what a clone is. They think a clone is an exact duplicate of someone. They're genetically oh, yeah. identical. So there can be variations in appearance. It'll be very similar, like just like a sibling would be. So when we see films like The Island, where they had clones of celebrities so they could have organs and backup parts if they needed it, mm-hmm. is that what kind of happens in the conspiracy theory realm where you see a celebrity falls sick and then they come back and they some of their appearance they is slightly different. off like the yeah. webbing of their ear is connected all of a sudden or their nose right. is slightly different is this what's happening are they just swapping out clones because someone's actually died or someone needed a new heart or they'll just keep them going until yeah and why do they look so young for like a long mm-hmm. period of time some of them and are age overnight not good i mean granted like madonna doesn't look like she didn't age it looks really weird and plasticky and like you can tell but did you ever I mean, think we'd live in don't. a world do you ever think we'd live in a world where madonna is less attractive than <laughs> roseanne barr oh my gosh did you see her side view of her butt it I don't know what's going on in her pants, but it is so weird. It's like, doesn't move. My son pointed it out and I laughed so bad. I'll leave it to a 16 year old. Right. He was like, look at her side view. And it like, just is like almost like a bolted on bottom. (laughs) It was so funny. I was like, no, you're right. It doesn't move. Trust, trust the sixteen-year-old boy who likes Latin girls to notice the butt that doesn't move. Yeah, just the moving around. (laughs) And then I have one other uh, rando question for you. What about your thoughts on Zachariah Sitchin? Speaking of them telling us things, (laughs) Um, I'm a person who came from the UFO camp. I started off reading books about like Nessie and Bigfoot, and then as an eight-year-old, read The Day After Roswell. And mm-hmm. up until maybe four or five years ago, I was heavily in the alien camp. It's aliens, they're out there, the government's hiding it up. But I was so focused on aliens being it that <laughs> it blinded me to the rest of the information that was going on. I think Zachariah Sitchin, he tells a lot of truths, but gives away a lot of mistruths. He does have a lot of errors in his translations, which a lot of people don't like to admit. But the basic template and the premise of the story he's telling is pretty Mm -hmm. accurate for the most part. You admit the thing that aliens came and intervened and you just Mm -hmm. go back to what's a spiritual entity or a a fallen type of thing. It makes more sense. It actually lines up with scripture. It lines up with um, other cultures around the world. The alien thing seems like it's his little cherry on top that differentiated him from the rest of the world. I think that's what gave a lot of credence to the ancient alien movement. Or Zachariah mm-hmm. Sitchin, then Eric von Daniken's Chariots of the Gods, that b- 
gave birth to the ancient aliens movement. And really, it made the alien disclosure movement legitimate for the majority of the population. I think it's over 80% of Americans believe in UFOs now. Well, and it's, I mean, it's really stupid that we can believe, okay, anything they give to us, like phones, anything that, any knowledge that they give to you, like Facebook, okay, it all started from them messing with something for like 20 or 30 years or better. Like they've known this stuff for a long time. And then eventually they're like, nah, give it to the peasants, like make them smile, let them get a new iPhone, you know, like all these dumb things. Right. And so I think that they all are underground at this point. I think that they're, I mean, if you've ever seen underground mines, there's like multiple videos of mines where they can drive through and it's like, it's like cities under there. And I did have, I have, uncle that was a top green beret he was um in charge of spe- he was in the special forces he was airborne he was like one of the top top people that he would go with these diplomats or different things to like protect them when <laughs> when they're here and he's like absolutely the dumbs are real he wouldn't necessarily discuss with me what is down there Cause that's like, there's certain things he cannot say even still, you know, he's retired, but he's like, I mean, you can say things to me and I can say, Hmm, uh, you know, but he has told me, he's given me a lot of hmms on things and he didn't say they were necessarily demons, but I know that there are things that live beneath us. And why is there cities underneath almost everywhere that we live? Like, I don't know about in Australia, but in America, that's a thing. Like there's yeah. a city underneath every city. Melbourne's there like that. There's, there's older Melbourne air quotes below Melbourne. And you can look at some of the older buildings in the city centre and you get the stereotypical mud flood stuff where there's windows mm-hmm. that are halfway up of a sidewalk um, type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. What you're talking about with like these dumbs, I think this is the biggest issue in the truth of community at the moment is that we, we latch onto an idea or a story and it might have 5% truth, 95% bullshit. And unfortunately, it's a 95% bullshit which discredits the whole movement. There's no mm-hmm. doubt in my mind as an ex-military person myself that yeah. there are mil- underground military bases. They exist. There would be mm-hmm. definitely underground government bases to exist just to have the succession of government in the case of a um, natural disaster or a war. Those exist. Right. The problem is when you get prominent members come out, like there's quite a few very big Australian um, podcasters that try to say that there's underground bases under Melbourne and every time we've had an earthquake, which isn't normal for our part of Australia, we're not on a plate, that this is the dumbs being attacked and it's the aliens being fought and they saved uh, 3.5 million children. But, you know, you go through it logically, 3.5 million extra children in our state that only has a population (laughs) of 6.5, we would notice a doubling overnight. Yeah, we're, what, are, what are we going to do with these kids, right? But at, the, yeah. but at the same time, I understand that Victoria's been going through a big build project at the moment that's blown out to like $178 billion where they're tunnelling. They're building tunnels mm-hmm. for roads and infrastructure. Well, if you're doing that, what's to stop them at the same time from having a secret building underneath that or a few tunnels that go off to the side? Like we know that yeah. happened with the Denver airport. So what's oh, stopping Denver it from happening airport. now? Sure. Well, and the thing is, is honestly, like, okay, to those people that you're talking about, I don't know their stories on their podcast, but I'm going to say this. If there's fallen angels working with you, whether they're in a human body or not, you're not keeping them captive. Like, let's get real. Like, come on, they're there because they want to be. And if you want to, what happened to the Aztecs? And all of a sudden, one day, all, all these people were just gone. 
uh, that was a lot of people like, come on, let, let's be real. I don't think you can just disappear them or make them. They don't bend to us. No. They're angelic for a reason. They didn't bend to us then. And they're not going to start now. So I can tell you what, nobody's being kept against their will. You know, if, that's just. If, if anything, the things that these um, black ops groups are going around and capturing are probably mm -hmm. the things they've created that uh, they're yes. just letting loose. It's like yep. um, letting a wolf go oh, in yay. a national park. We saved them. Oh, good. Let's go adopt them out to the family so they can all grow yeah. up and be crazy psychopaths because they're part <laughs> more than half Nephilim, you know, like not just like a little bit. And it's all diluted because, I mean, I think at some point they had to see like, oh, OK, if there's less than half in this person, they're not as easy to, you know, murder or do these bad things or their conscious comes back or their God gene is there or whatever they're studying to figure out like, Oh, we don't want that one that talks to herself all day in her brain. Like, you know, go find a different egg donor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you, really these things matter to them. It sounds funny to us, but it does matter when you're talking about like, okay, Hitler tried to do this on a natural level, right? Like on a, on a, I'm just going to select it by like, oh, you have blonde hair. Oh, you can come like, um, not you like you though. And, and it didn't work on a lot of levels because people still were people inside. Like not everybody bent, not everybody did what he said. There were many people that died right along, you know? And I just think it wouldn't work any other way. It would have to be bred in. It would have to be, to be because at some point, somebody, even, even the most killer of all killers, if you still have humanity inside you, like at some point, all the people in prison convert before they die. Why does that happen? Because the conscious is there. If you have a safe place to like, let it happen. But if they're in these horrible situations or they're just allowed to continue to be like in their evil, you know, if they're happy doing that, then it blocks it out. If you keep killing people and you're happy doing that, you're probably not going to focus on anything else, you know, because adrenaline, right? But if you're put to a stop, that's why people say, oh, it's all fake. They, they come to Jesus because it's fake in the end. I'm like, I don't think so. I think they're forced to stop. I think they have to sit and be quiet and they learn. Like, it's, it's, the oh, it's the atheist argument, isn't it? Why would God <laughs> allow someone like Jeffrey Dahmer to be saved just because he repented and found God at the end? Well, that is what God gave us. God gave us all the ability to be saved, regardless of what your sins were. As humans, we can find that disgusting and we can struggle with that, but that's not up to us. And that's where that level mm -hmm. of faith comes into it. And I don't think atheists can fully grasp that because they don't have an understanding no. of faith. They don't have any of themselves. Well, and they don't have a concept, it, it, not just atheism, but like Mormonism or other, a lot of other religions that I've, I've been involved or around. Um, grace is not fully understood. And why does the Bible say, why does God say, you don't think as I think, so don't try to think for me, right? Like you do what I say because I don't think like you. He literally puts it out there like, don't try and figure me 100% out because it's not going to work. I'm God and you're you and I'm me and I'm you and we're different. Just like we really don't know what our dog thinks all day. Well, how can we, we don't, you know. How can yeah. we ever try to understand an omnipresent being? Something that's yeah. everywhere, everywhere at once, through all time, all of the universe, potentially. Everywhere at once, controls everything, knows what everything's doing, knows what's going to happen. How could we ever possibly try to understand that? We are mortal for a reason. We can't possibly comprehend the immortal because we, we aren't. No. And when you start to do that, 
now you've crossed a fine line even if it's for good, this is something New York Patriot told me, even if you're doing something for good and you're pushing intention and you're like trying to put your will into it, like my mom's sick and I want her better. So I'm going to manifest blah, blah, blah. He said, even if it's for good, now you've crossed the line to occultism because you have now made it about yourself and what you want and not what God wants anymore. This is about you now. And because if it was her time, you just robbed her of that. If it was this or that, you've just messed up the plan. Like maybe something was supposed to be a certain kind of way. And that is why God gets so upset with humans all the time. Because we're always trying to meddle. And the angels, he's upset with them too. But we're always trying to meddle in what he's already done. Like it's very simple, right? Yeah, you'd have to define then what's the difference between manifestation and prayer then, wouldn't you? Because prayer, yeah. you're asking for something. You're not trying to force it to happen. Whereas I think manifestation is mm -hmm. a very new agey occultic type of thing. And you see it a lot in, um, like even Christians just do it. The yeah. Christian movement is about it. I, Some I, of these I new agey ones. I see a lot of in TikTokers. You see TikTokers go, oh, I'm manifesting this new job promotion. Yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> I think it's a really weird approach to it where I think, and not to put down New York Patriot, but I think there's a diff definitely a difference <laughs> between prayer and manifestation is that prayer, you're, you're asking for it. You're not mm -hmm. demanding it. And it's selfless because you're, it is through the lens of something good. You're looking out for your loved one. You're wanting them to become better. And you're asking God if he could do that. You're not telling right. him to. It's yeah, that's like what he was saying. Not with prayer, with manifestation solely. Yeah. Um, that you're kind of not, you don't just ask like nice, like you're not saying if it is, I always say when I pray for that kind of stuff, if, if it's your will, even when it's super hard, like I've had cancer, like I've been there on the other end of that stick where I'm like, Oh, is this the day today? Like, is this my time? Like I'm kind of early, but that's all right, I guess. And you're scared. You want to do what you can to like, yeah, I want to be saved. I got all these kids and stuff. Like, I don't want to go anywhere yet. Like I was 37, you know, and actually I was 35. And so it was scary. But at the same time, I was like, well, okay, but God knows what he's doing with me. So it's okay. And that's where the difference is, right? He was saying like, when people pray, a lot of times it's more like that. But when people do that manifesting, it's more like, this is what, because they say you can't just ask. It's like, you want to make sure you don't just uh, manifest a car you see what kind of car it is and you put yourself in it and you're already driving it and you're making it happen because it's gonna happen and I'm like yeah that sounds not the same you know like uh, there's no room there for God to come in then and help you because what if that's not supposed to be your car what if you're going to get killed in a car accident next week if you buy that car you know we don't know we he does know that's the whole point <laughs> Yeah, you get into right. a weird, yeah, a weird idea of what fate and what divine path and everything is like. Then, and I think the there's an issue that a lot of people who tend to lose their faith, it's often around a lot of loss, personal loss. Yeah, and they'll and the first thing they'll say is, "I spent my whole life praying to God and He did nothing for me." Well, maybe that mm -hmm. wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. And and it is a very hard pill to swallow, but. I think far too often a lot of people, and I think it's a lot of people who are brought up in multi-generation Christian houses, they almost see prayer as being like Siri, like Siri or Amazon yeah. Lexus, play this song. <laughs> Jesus, give me prosperity. It's almost yes. what I think that a lot of people determine prayer to be. Prayer is mm -hmm. acknowledging that God's existence is there 
and asking things of him, which may not come to eventuate. Yeah. And, and when we do and, that, we have to remember, I always put myself when I was in that position and multiple things in my life, because I've lost so many people. I had so many things like that, that I always go back to Job because I always think, God, if I'm supposed to suffer right now, then help me suffer well, because yes. nobody wants to. Nobody this wants is to go thing. through that. No. And this is the thing I actively try to do as a new Christian is I try not to ask for things. I thank him for what I've got and the ability to say it's not manifesting. If I really want to say lose 20 kilos, I'll say, God, thank you for the situation I'm currently in. I thank you for all the things you've blessings you've given to me. I'm trying really hard to lose a little bit of this weight. Give me the strength to do so. Please give me the strength. If he doesn't give it to me, that's fine. But I'm not, right. I'm deliberately not, not trying forcing. to say, God, make me lose five kilo. Make mm-hmm. it happen. It's not like rubbing a Buddha's tummy. No. And on top of it, like anytime you go back to force, this is the thing. Any, What was the one thing that Lucifer wanted to do with us? He wanted to force, right? Yeah. He wanted us to be forced to do the things we were supposed to do. And he couldn't figure out why God would let us mess it up. Like, why would you do that? We could just make them do this this way and then it will be fine. And then I'm like, yeah, but then nobody ever learns anything. Because if you try to color for your child every single time they sit down to color, and trust me, this is hard for me because I have bad <laughs> OCD. Okay. So you went outside you the have, line. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh gosh. And well, you want to help them. Oh, no. Let me show you to make it perfect. Well, maybe it's not supposed to be. You know, you got to learn to love whatever it is. Because some people are different. They might see a different line than you. Maybe they think, oh, that's great. I went outside the line and made a different creature. And now this is amazing. And my brain doesn't, I'm very analytical. And that doesn't occur with me. You know, (laughs) I don't make a pink dinosaur. It's not going to happen. You know, Uh, a dinosaur. Would you consider, would you then, just a thought that popped in my head. Would you consider manifesting the lazy person's version of goal setting? Because you don't necessarily need God to achieve a goal because you've got the power to make change in your own life. That's funny. It's very all about that whole positive, like the Christians that are really into like positivity, all positivity, no negative. We don't tolerate negative. We just think the best things. We're going to make the best things happen. We're going to make it happen. I'm like, okay, where's your faith? Where is your faith now? If God is going to make it happen because you said so, that doesn't tell me that you really know what you're dealing with because you're not, you're not looking at faith. Like even Job, like at the end, a lot of people skip and say, okay, Job got everything back and happily ever after. Right. Not necessarily. Job lost all his children at once. A building fell on him. He did have more children. He did get another wife, but here's the thing as a mother, those children are not the same. That is not the same child no matter what, not even as a clone like you, I think it would have little subtle differences, right? Like little tiny things, even identical twins are not, not exactly the same. They're often very different inside personalities. So he lost, he lost permanently. And I know in heaven he will regain, but like he had to live with that. And people often skip that pain, pain. When you're a Christian, pain will, bring you peace. I know that sounds awful. Like I know that, but like the, the best times in my life that I've been closest to God are the hardest times of my life. Like you don't learn anything if you're just having easy all the time. And I'm not like 
if you've had an easy life, that's good too. But I'm just saying like, at some point, everyone's struggled, right? Like, it doesn't have to be cancer. It doesn't have to be whatever. It's, it could be small things, you know? I just, I don't know. That's just me. I feel like people skip on that faith, you know? They do, they do. And I think like you mentioned before with the car, manifesting the car, that's the very materialistic kind of thing that people try to manifest. And even through prayer, you do see yeah. and hear of that. But what's to say that God hasn't given you the opportunities and the blessings that you can do that yourself? I'm manifesting I want a red sports car. Well, God's put the things in place for that. He has the the dealership. The person who invented the car, the person who built the car, the person who paints the car, put all these pieces together. Right. You've just got to work hard and save the money for it. Yep. It's a very small thing you can do. You don't just ask for it. Yeah, he's given us everything we need, not everything we want. Mm -hmm. And I go back with that to celebrities. A lot of these celebrities, they have everything. And look how many kill themselves. Look how many just destroy themselves on drugs. Look how many just are miserable that are a lot like how many times they've been married how many losses have they had? how many things have just been horrible for them and it could be a faustian bargain deal but also like i think at the end of the day it's because you went outside of what was really meant for you if you did make that bargain right now you have everything and you're still not happy same for the occult people like i've met very few if ever people that are like come across as super freaking happy about that like they seem pretty pissed off most of the time, you know? Uh, I mean, that's just what I've seen, but that I just think that if you are given too much, you therefore do not want to work. You don't want to, it's the same thing with kids. Why do we give kids chores that we have to redo, right? Like, especially me, I'm definitely redoing that. Like, and, and the kids joke now, my older kids, I have really older kids, like 28, clear down to 10. And some of them are like, why does mom make us clean the kitchen anyway? She's going to redo it. And I'm like, because it's the point, you know, it's the point of the thing. You need to help your family. And so, and I've backed off a lot. As I've had more children, it gets less and less. Like the OCD becomes way muted under that. So that's good. <laughs> Maybe that's why I was supposed to have six. <laughs> that's where you push the idea of tidying up versus cleaning. You get them to tidy yes. up so that you can actually clean. Yep. Yep. I agree. So anything else I missed on the Nephilim? I thought this went really good. No, this was good. Um, I will mention that I have a listener who's a gentleman from North Queensland who is... Um, he's half Aboriginal. He's, he's of mob. He sent me a very, very horrifying image of what's considered to be a Yowie. Oh. Um, I'm having talks with him. Hopefully I'm going to get him on the show. Um, but I'm looking for permission to share the image because by far oh, wow. it is the best image of what I would consider to be a Yowie. But you look at it, it gives you a very dark, uneasy feeling. Something that I've never had Ooh. looking at, say, pictures of the Paddy Gimlin film and stuff like that. So as soon as I can get the okay from him to share it, I'll shoot that through to you, Heidi. Ooh, so wow, that's amazing. Well. Ooh, yeah, I'd love that. That sounds wild. Is that what they call them then? As a Yowies, yeah. Our, our Bigfoot is a Yowie. A Bigfoot? Uh, yeah. That, that, oh, is it terrible? It's like, is it hairy? Does it look like? But very, very dark, very dark. Mm. I do think there's many things that enter through those portals. You know, they used to have all those, um, like, 
gates, like gateways, you know what I'm talking about? And and they started just disappearing, which I think is mm -hmm. so weird. Like, I mean, if, if they mean nothing and we're all super cuckoo and we're just like down the rabbit hole, why not just leave them there? Right. That's so weird to me. And it, I bet you as they got better with technology, they're still there, but it's like a hidden technology now. I don't know. Well, that's where I, I don't doubt it. Come into it, like things exist around us on a fifth dimension we can't perceive. Mm -hmm. We're not yeah. in it. Yeah, it's so weird, and it's so weird that they would want to come here sometimes just to be like, "Haha, like I'm going to go mess with the humans today." Well, maybe, it's like us, maybe it's like us going to the zoo, right? Oh, that's true. What the meerkats are doing. Oh, look, the humans. Yeah. There, the, look at those humans are doing the shopping. That's just so quaint. Uh, that's such a silly thing. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Oh. Well, tell everyone where we can find you so that they know. Yes, sure. I know where to find you, but they might not. <laughs> yeah, uh, Drew Misson from your Missing the Point podcast. It's spelt M-I-S-S-E-N. You can find me on all the usual podcatchers. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as my socials. And you can email me at drewmisson88 at gmail.com. Amazing. Well, I think this was great. And I can't wait for tomorrow as well. So I'll be seeing yeah, you fantastic. again soon. Yes. <laughs> Christian Coalition. We're going to be going after that one tomorrow. Definitely. Or whenever it airs. I'm sure it might air at a different time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Drew. Thank you, Marty. Have a good day. On. Thank Bye. you. Bye.